Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, it's your host, Jordan Halstead. With me today, I've got co-host Micah and Alicia. You're back with us, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. And what are we talking about today, guys? My title. Your title. Okay, <laughs> let, let's get this out of the way. What should we call you? I don't know. Maybe we should ask ask the listeners to think of something and, and see what like, happens. Send us a message on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like what how how should we we say welcome to the stage blank alicia like like <laughs> commodore Ooh, that would have been a fun one if we would have called you commodore alicia on this well, one it'd be appropriate giving that given what we're talking about so maybe yeah maybe maybe it rotates based on topic it's just a, it, it just depends on what we're talking about is, is i like what that we, okay i, I, I like can it. get behind that okay well with all of that we are talking <laughs> about pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl this movie came out in 2003. Can you believe that? 2003. 20 years old this year. Oh my God. It was the year I graduated from high school. I'll just say this instead of giving an age range, this was the year oh, that we fine. moved from uh, Alliance to Eaton when we were in Ohio and we, we moved there. Um, we had our first DVD player, and I think this was one of the first DVDs we got to. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's, let's throw that one in, into it. We actually, so I don't know if you ever, if you guys ever had this growing up where there was just like a movie that was, I don't want to use the word soothing because it sounds so weird to, to compare, to use it for this movie, but a movie that you just threw on and you could sleep through it, but it was just, I don't know, comfort, but this was, this was one of those movies for me. Um, I, can, I, can say I would a throw film. this on there and I would like sleep at night with it playing in the background. Also, it was one of the few DVDs that we had that if you left it on the home screen long enough, it would just start playing. Ooh, and so like you, it you would know, get it would get done and it would go back to the home screen and then, and then it would start waited, back over. Then it would start back. Oh. Yep. You know, there's a, there's a lot of features when it came to DVDs way back in the day that they they tried to bring something new cuz VHS you you couldn't just do that now the newer models of vhs if you're if you guys had these we had one where as soon as it was done it would click the tape and then it would automatically rewind it like i thought it was I, thought that was I know i thought that was the coolest thing but then you get down to the dvds and they try to do new things and so they they started that i, I remember a few dvds being that way I, if i'm not mistaken sam Raimi's spider-man did the same thing because it was one of the first dvds out there so, but yeah, there was sorcery back then. So anyways, let's, let's talk about this, this film. Um, so 2003, we're going to take it back a little bit. So 20 years ago, let's start with this question. Do you, do you feel like it stands up today? Like in, in 2023, do you think that by rewatching it, getting prepared for this episode, um, having rewatched it at any point, do you think it still stands today? I think it does. I mean, I think that um, it's, I actually had it on today in the background while I was working and I was like, man, it, we really hadn't had much of a pirate movie. I mean, we had some pirates movies. We've had Hook and we've had Peter Pan and we've had um, some other films, you know, over the years, but like uh, a film that really you know, a film or like a series, like we get a trilogy out of this and then we get some additional films of the Pirates franchise, but like ones that really focused on pirates, right? And the whole lifestyle of pirates and them versus the military and like this whole 
they're setting the tone, they're setting the scene for what a story of what pirates could be like, or a lifestyle of pirate, you know, piracy could be. And so, you know, watching it again today, I'm like, man, even some of the, the filmography, some of the shots they were able to, you know, accomplish the cinematography and, and, and the things like that. And I was looking back on it thinking, man, um, what would it look like in today's world with, with the 8k cameras that they have and, and how they could, yeah. you know, we, we talk about other series, you know, here at Nerd Talk, but like, you know, how much crisper things look like we, sometimes we can be um, critical of things like CGI and some special effects when we go see movies like quantum mania or um, uh, multiverse of madness or, you know, you name the film. Right. And so like um, for this being 20 years old, I'm like, it, it, yes, hundred percent. It stands uh, the test of time. And I think that the movies only get better. Um, now I, Alicia and I haven't seen stranger tides or, um, I think it's Dead Man Tells No Tales or something like that. Yeah, Dead um, Men Tell No Tales, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the original three countless times. And so um, I was also thinking, man, what a cast. What what a cast. And oh, absolutely. I know that we'll probably cover it, you know, at a later date, but like Alicia and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago because we, we were kind of, you and I and Alicia and who, you know, some others were trying to plan the rest of the year out for Nerd Talk and some of the, some of the episodes we're going to be doing and, you know, I'm sure we'll hit uh, Lord of the Rings eventually, but Alicia and I, when we were watching part of this movie a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, imagine Orlando Bloom's schedule having to balance between Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean in his early 2000 years, because he was oh, yeah. Legolas in Lord of the Rings. And so, like, I know that they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings over in New Zealand, and so, like, he, he was flying all over the world just to do this acting gig. And so he got two of the most iconic roles in film oh being, absolutely you know will turner and uh, pirates of the caribbean and then legolas and lord of the rings but uh, i'm sure we'll talk about the cast in a little bit but yes to answer your question jordan i think this movie you know and the others actually absolutely stand up what do you think alicia do you think so as well i i agree this is this is a movie that is a good throw on in the background i can't tell i can't tell you how many times i've actually done that within the last year just kind of throw it on this background when I'm cleaning or when I'm working at home or, you know, just to have some of that noise, but it's, it's not something that you have to actively watch because I've seen it so many times, but I definitely think it stands the test of time. Um, yeah. Jordan, what do you think? So being the young one in this group, I, I was, I was in elementary when this movie came out. Um, but for me growing up, seeing this movie at home, going and seeing the following two at the theater going and seeing all these, like to see a franchise just be built kind of, I'm well, pretty much pre MCU really superheroes hadn't had a huge amount of time on screen yet. Spider-Man mm-hmm. came out the year before X-Men had uh, one, if not two movies already there. Like it just, it hadn't fully developed yet. And I think it's really cool to sit back and see how pirates of the Caribbean, like, like you said, Micah, it brought a whole new kind of genre. And I mean, if you go and look at like, if you, if you were to say, okay, what are popular like genres or what are, what are popular type of characters in history that we look at? Well, we look at Knights and, and Kings, like that's a huge one. Well, we have done a lot of that in, in cinema. Um, but when it comes to pirates, yeah, like hook. And that's mostly like, that's not really even a pirate story. That's a, that's a Peter Pan story. Um, mm-hmm. Pirates are just a part of that storytelling where this is a literal pirate story. <clears throat> yeah, and I was uh, I was reading on social media this morning. I don't know if it's like Instagram or Facebook or or whatever, but like 
Um, uh, I think in our Secret Invasion episode, we talked about this whole idea of um, Disney oversaturating the market, whether it was Marvel or Star Wars or something. But somebody like made a meme this morning and they were like, you know what would fix the Disney universe? Another Pirates movie. <laughs> yes. And they were like, they were like, and the bottom of the meme or whatever it was said, it's time for another Pirates movie. Oh, <laughs> so oh absolutely it is. Yeah. And, so and I, I've heard there's one in the works. They were talking that Margot Robbie was going to star as the lead and they weren't going to bring Johnny Depp back. Mm. But that was like through the whole Amber Heard trial Johnny Depp thing. stuff, that whole trial. And I think they're already in talks about bringing him back. Um, hey, if she I can be an Aquaman. So. Do what? I was like, if she can go be an Aquaman, why can't he be in Pirates? Well, that's, yeah, there is that. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> and he was I proven that, innocent, by the way. He, he <laughs> yeah. was. I, I think that for this movie, though, it, it does stand up. Like, you could just throw it on. It's not something that you have to necessarily watch. Like, I throw movies on and I work. Um, I'll do different projects and I just want the audio commentary because I can, I can imagine it in my mind. And I'm like, if I miss a beat, cause I'm in a conversation, I forget to pause it. Like I can still pick up right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly where I'm at. It, 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 I won't say like, it's better than back to the future or Indiana Jones, but it's kind of like in that nostalgia piece. Like it's been around long enough. It's it, we've watched it enough times. We know the story by heart. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing is when Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp's characters meet for the first time and they have the big sword fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that just having to even come up with choreography for, for, cause it's kind of a dance. Um, mm-hmm. and, and pirates, like if you watch how they do their sword fights, it's a dance and to see how they have to interact and the way that they have to, to move around their environments, whether they're on a boat or in a, in a Smith shop, like there's a lot of things that you have to figure out. How to, how do you even visually show that? And I think they just really made that stuff pop. And it's, that's why it's so memorable and so liked. Well, and I think too, that like, you know, diving into the cast conversation just a little bit, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk so much about Heath Ledger's Joker, right? For example, in the dark Knight. what better of a person to play captain Jack Sparrow than Johnny Depp. And like, he is such a good weirdo. Like uh-huh. his acting, his acting is just that good. And there was well, and at one time, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say at one time there was, you know, rumors of him coming into the Dark Knight Rises, into the Dark Knight trilogy, potentially playing like the Riddler. And I think he would have made an outstanding Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Jordan, to your point, to piggyback off of like, you know, not pausing a movie and then walking out of the office or walking back into your room or wherever and picking yeah. up kind of where you left off without pausing the movie being able to pick up like right where you left off i think similarly to like the mcu or other projects like there there are things that i notice every time i watch these movies and like today for whatever reason i had it on and like i said earlier in the background and i you know i i just noticed what a putz um governor swan was elizabeth's dad's elizabeth's dad uh, like he, like he was such a, like, he was such a sissy about Scary stuff. Cat. Right? Yeah. He was such a nervous Nelly. And so like he, <laughs> I was just, I was just noticing that today. And I was like, man, what a, you're supposed to like be a leader and you're like scared to death of everything. And so, um, just little things that I picked up, especially when he gets in the fight with the, what was it? A hand at the end, uh, mm-hmm. the hand is kind of just trying to attack him in the part of the ship. Um, but like, 
Johnny Depp, back to him, like, man, what a good weirdo. Like, at least you well, can appreciate that. And you guys, again, that's exactly where I was going with what I was going to say earlier, is that I, I love a good weirdo. And mm-hmm. Johnny Depp is just so I mean, granted, he's done some things that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, just because I feel like you can't you can't beat Willy Wonka, um, that original Gene Wilder. And also, did you guys know? Sidebar, did you guys know they're coming they're coming out with a, a new Wonka, Wonka. film? mixed feelings based on the first trailer anyway um but johnny depp in general like he's just such he absorbs the characters that he he becomes them like there is no johnny depp like he is the character Mm -hmm. and i think jack sparrow was sorry captain jack sparrow um was one of my favorite johnny depp characters probably of all time i would argue this johnny depp as an actor does not do Johnny Depp films. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp films are character films, and he is so character-driven. You look at mm-hmm. his Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. That is not the same kind of weirdo that you see with, with like, Jack Sparrow, with yeah. Edward Scissorhands, Scissorhands with, yep. with uh, Willy Wonka. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at each role, and he plays them so well and so differently and so uniquely mm-hmm. that it's not, like... If, if you walk in and watch like a Robert De Niro film, he is the same all across the board. You mm-hmm. know, you are going in to see Robert De Niro and yep. like Robert Downey Jr. I think kind of has that same mentality. Now, part of it is that he and Iron Man were very much alike, but when he went and did Sherlock Holmes, it was still very similar and he kind of mm-hmm. stays within similar roles where Johnny Depp walks in and he's like, all right, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's very, very similar to Robin Williams in that that aspect. Like, just throw a role at me. If I think it's interesting, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Like, he he just has to find his niche with that character. So, yeah, I think that you know, he he definitely. I mean, like, obviously the the cast as a whole was great, but like, I don't think these movies could be could have been done without him, especially cast in that role they definitely um, wouldn't be as good as they are without him yeah it would and be so, much more serious mm-hmm. and it and it'll be weird and jordan even like you said if they they are in the talks of making a new one like to have margot roby in it and not bring back Kira knightley or johnny depp or some of those originals i mean I, sometimes you can't like part of what makes nostalgia so cool is bringing back those characters mm-hmm. um but so you don't, don't want to oversaturate it in the ways that Jurassic World Dominion did that Ghostbusters no, not, in certain no, aspects. Like sure. you, have, you have to do, or I guess not Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters did it right. After Afterlife, they just, they crushed it. But yeah. I would just like, you know, maybe a couple of them making just random appearances. And at the end of the movie, like if they're going to make another one, you know, like, you know, Margot Robbie's character, for example, like opens the door and there's Jack. Or something like that, where or even like in credit scenes, because the, these are these movies have been known too for those in credit scenes. And actually, this is probably one of the first ones that I really remember seeing in the theater. And for whatever reason, sticking around, not really knowing, because you know we didn't really have internet spoilers in two thousand three. Um, but coming sitting in the theater, just talking with my friends, and then something comes back up, and we're like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, I want to I want to move on, but I want to ask before like. 
you know, like who's your favorite character in this this movie? Like, I mean, uh, Jack Sparrow aside, like who's one of your other favorite character or characters in this film? There are two pirates, and I can't remember their names off the top of my head, that are the Tweedledee, Tweedledum kind of characters. Pintel and Ragidi. Mm-hmm. I die when they come on screen. I'm they're so funny. And like when they when they do the cross dress to try and throw <laughs> off the army. Yeah. And they're like, no. And he throws the punch and then he hits the moonlight and he just stares at, at the, the soldiers. I'm like, oh yeah. No, that's that absolutely 100 percent Those those two make me laugh every single time. Alicia. Um those are good. I like that one. Um, or that that duo. But I love Mr. Gibbs. That's Mr. Gibbs, too. like, if we're not going main characters, like, because you see him at the very beginning of the film, and then you see him steadily throughout. Um, but just how, like, superstitious he is, it just really makes me laugh. Like, bad luck having a girl, a, 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 a girl on the ship, even a miniature one. Like, he's just very stuck in that, like, a pirate's plate like on the sea that is where a man should be not not a woman and that has always just made me laugh so i've got a question for you with this with gibbs do you feel like he grew on you over the series or do you think right out the bat because i feel like the first one him wanting to leave jack sparrow him wanting to like be like uh we're fine like let's grab the 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 pearl and run like all these different mm-hmm. things that that they they did he, he kind of didn't feel like the gibbs that we end up getting over time so do you feel like the first one for you like you you, you really liked him in the first i know you, you pointed out the the woman at sea thing but um, yeah i don't know if and he was quick to change I mean, with that too by the way he, he was i mean he was quick. he was very wishy-washy like I think, but that's also like, I feel like to his core, that's who he is. Like, he's just, he's going to go with whatever benefit. Yeah. And he's going to go with whatever benefits him the most. So I think, okay, I I do think that as, as you go on, like he does grow as a character when you see him in the first versus the third, he does make some, some, some strides, but I just, I, I think that to his core, he's just trying to be a people pleaser and trying to go with the flow, not, bring up too much um not not make too much waves if you'll forgive the pun hmm. that was good um wow there's so many to pick from like i could easily pick norrington because like the progression of his story throughout the the original three movies the trilogy um just like his kind of like rise to power and his fall to fall from grace kind of thing and just like kind of what he goes through um and then, you know, kind of towards at world's end, he, you know, he ends up like becoming a pirate, right? At, the, at some yeah. point. Yeah. So uh, I could easily pick him. I really like Barbosa. I was going to say Barbosa, but I was like, I feel like that's going to be a choice someone else will take. Well, so since nobody picked him, I, I just really liked him. I, you know, like I really like the fact that he's like, um, <laughs> we can't die. <laughs> It's like we can't die, which is kind of you know, um, you know, foretelling with, with with the movie and how it progresses when they they finally break the curse, um, and then he finally dies and he kind of finally feels what it feels like to feel pain and then you know ultimately death. Um, yeah. But 
I really like, you know, he, he looks like a menacing pirate. Like he, he really looked like the gimmick that went along with yeah, being a pirate. Where Jack really doesn't to an extent, like, I mean, he does, but he doesn't like, he's not a menacing pirate. And when you he's, talk about he's pirates, a comedic pirate and Barbosa is more of the serious, threatening, menacing pirate like you're talking about. I feel like Barbosa should have hit our, our list of menacing villains. villains. Oh my yeah. gosh. Barbosa just because, you know, I don't know. David bad Jones guy. in the second oh. one. Pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. BA. Yeah, he's pretty stellar. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, that the way that he was portrayed just really was done very, very well. They handled his character solidly alicia i picked um barbosa that's a good one and jordan Jordan was talking about well for our listeners alicia had to step away for a second but like um you know we i picked barbosa just because and then jordan was talking about how he could have made our list of villains easily he Um, was a good one but then i i I talked about davy jones (laughs) being you know such as he scared me like the first time i saw that movie like he was creepy very like all the tentacles. Yes, that that's very true. But I love the organ and playing the organ and stuff. But um, let's talk music really quick while we're talking about the organ. This just the music, Micah. You you are our, our resident musician here, um, <laughs> who who runs runs all our stuff for us. What was your thoughts on just the way that the music played, the way that because because I feel like a movie is only as great as its composition of of music like you can give us an avengers level story and give us a peewee's playhouse soundtrack and it's not gonna mix Mm -hmm. yeah um so a couple things uh i was in college when this movie came out and um the i was in marching band in middle school high school and in college and our first show, my freshman year of college, was Pirates of the Caribbean. In the oh. And so, like, I just okay. remember. He's a pirate. Well, in the percussion, <laughs> like, in the percussion music itself, like, there were so many notes. Like, it was a lot of very, very aggressive percussive music. And um, there are so many things I could say. Like, it just, I just remember the emotion behind the music and like you you get that with any film score whether it's john williams hans zimmer alan silvestri you know you name the movie there's going to be feeling behind it star wars john williams harry potter john williams hans zimmer wrote pirates some of the pirates actually today i learned that he actually didn't write the first pirates movie he wrote two three and four but he helped okay he helped write the theme, the main theme that you hear in the Pirates. Like he, yep. um, he helped write that, but he actually didn't write the the film score for the first Pirates movie. The original so the, one was Kla- It was Klaus Bedelit. Yep, and Jeff Zanel. So there was some co-writing there. So it was like a team. It was probably like people that work under Hans Zimmer. Like I know there's people that work under John Williams, and he has this whole team, and um, they all write together. But like just the emotional. Um, feeling of those very powerful chords and it feels like you know it makes you feel like you're on a pirate ship right so like especially Mm -hmm. when you slow that theme down i'm not sure how that's gonna sound over audio but like it feels like you're (laughs) in a ship right yeah kind of swaying with the waves and stuff 
And like that part in uh, the part where Will finally catches up to him, right? And he's like, Barbosa, she goes free. And like that music plays right behind him. And it's like, oh, yes, it's about to get really good. And, you know, these battles are coming. And so, like, that one little theme that's played throughout the entire movie is sped up. It's slowed down. It's 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 similar to The Dark Knight, which coincidentally yeah. Hans Zimmer wrote that. You hear that that minor third, and it's like, oh, that's that's Batman. That That's The Dark Knight. That's what you feel when you, when Where you hear about this. certain notes and you're like, that's pirates. That's that's yep. Jack Sparrow. And and ironically enough, it's in the same key because Hans Zimmer loves to write in that key. So like, I'm very I'm nerding out a lot right now. But like, I guess that's the purpose of our show. But like, <laughs> you just you just feel the emotion behind that. And then like, it's about you know the power and the struggle and the love and the the war and the hate for pirates and you know the rise of power from the British Navy and like, you know, when things change drastically in that, in the movies you hear through the music. And it's like, that's, that's one of the main reasons that I love film scores so much. And I listen to them and Alicia listens to them a lot at work while we're working mm-hmm. in the background, because it's just like, wow, it's very emotional. It's very soothing. And, you know, not to steer too far from the first pirates, but like they only get better with, with dead yes. man tells no tales and, at world's end and excuse me, I haven't listened to the dead man's chest and yeah. 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 So, or I'm sorry. I said dead man, dead man tells no tales. I meant dead man's chest and then, um, at world's end. Um, but the, the music is just, I enjoy the music. I think more than the movies, like mm. I, I like the movies. I love the movies. Don't get me wrong, but the mu- the music for these are very iconic. Well, I feel like, with Hans Zimmer, the way he writes it is I'm going to tell you the movie without you ever having to hear a single person talk. If you, yeah. So like years, not years ago, like a couple of years back, I watched, um, this is a complete side tangent, but he talks, uh, I watched a Hans Zimmer documentary and Hans Zimmer talks about how, why, or how he goes about writing stuff. Right. And so like, he likes to think of things in writing and, and my background in music and, um, you know, I understand it. Like I look at Alicia sometimes and she's like, what the heck are you talking about? It sounds good to me, but like there are things that Hans Zimmer does in his writing. He talks about it and he's like, all right, I've, I have these three notes, right? And I want to ask you a question with these three notes, sort of like the storytelling you're talking about Jordan. So like, he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, da da da. Like similar to like the Catwoman theme in the dark Knight rises. Right. He's like, he's trying to ask a question. He's like, that doesn't sound like a question. That sounds like a question. And he goes on and on about how, you know, he wants to answer that question later in the writing when he's writing the film score, right? So he, he writes that main theme. He's like, here's your question and here's your answer. And so like, I think that's one of the coolest things in the world, being able to write that kind of music for, for, for iconic films. Like how many people can say that they have that kind of credit? Yeah. There's not many, right? So like you got John Williams, Hans Zimmer, Alan Silvestri, Howard Shore. There's like, I would say probably 10. I mean, I know that there's more, but like probably under 10 who have that many titles under their names. And like, just think about it, Jordan. What if you were handed like the first Iron Man movie with no music behind it and you were asked to write all the music for it? Yeah, no thanks. But that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what these guys get to do. Like Hans Zimmer wrote all the Dark Knight movies, for example. There you go, yeah. Hans. 
like write music for a two and a half hour film that's going to be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Like, let's <laughs> just think about that for a second. So to, to, to kind of circle back to the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, like, it's just very, like, if I could sum it up in a word, it would be moving, right? Just like the waves, just like the ocean, just like riding a boat. It would be very moving. Alicia, what do you have? Uh, what kind of thoughts do you have on the film score? I mean, I know I gushed a lot about it, but oh, I, know that you're, I know you like these movies and mm-hmm. these film scores too. Yeah. And again, I, I feel like a lot of, a lot of times like, you know, come on the podcast um, is because I really care about the films or the series that we're talking about, because I feel like there's an investment and, you know, a lot of times it's nostalgic. And for me, this very much is nostalgic. Um, But the, the film score, like I, I could probably listen to the film score on repeat for a very long time and never get bored of it. Like I was just thinking as you were talking, um, so last December, Micah and I went and saw Star Wars, A Force Awakens um, at the Cincinnati Pops. They played the movie oh, yeah. and the orchestra played this the film score live. And it was incredible. And I was just thinking, I would totally do that with Pirates. Like that mm. would be such mm. a good one to do just because it's such a good film score. Um, but it's definitely on my list of repeats when it comes to like, if I had to h- pick a handful of movies to say, okay, I want to listen to these film scores and do it for like three or four months. This would be on the rotation for sure. It's funny, Jordan, because when Alicia and I went and saw that, I was like, what do we watch? Do we watch the orchestra? Do we watch the movie? Right. It's hard to figure out where you're supposed to look. (laughs) But you get so tied up staring at the orchestra and you're like, oh wait, there's a movie. (laughs) And I've seen the movie so many times. I'm like, well, I'd rather see the orchestra. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's just, the the music is just so good and it just really does a good job telling the story. And like, I bet you Jordan, if you watched, or I'm sorry, if you listened to the film scores and didn't watch the movie at the same time, you'd probably be like, man, this is where that part is mm-hmm. because they're oh, so, yeah. it's so very well connected. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of want to steer away from the music for a second, but like, I want to talk about some of your favorite parts in this movie. Cause there's so many different, like Jordan, you said earlier when, you know, Jack and, and will meet for the first time in the, in the blacksmith shop, like there's so many, you know, choreographed scenes. There's so many iconic battles with with swords and fights and pirates and Navy. And what were some of your guys' favorite parts in the the movie? Any any of you, either of you go first. Go ahead, Jordan. I, well, I loved at the end specifically when they're fighting in the cavern and just the ingenuity of taking the idea of, Okay, when they're in moonlight, they're skeletons. When they're not, they're human. And him ramming the rod through them. And I was thinking about up, that today. Just thinking they it, had to be so creative to how to like, you know, not kill them because they couldn't die. Like how how cool was that? Well, and the guy who blew up, my thing is like, okay, did you actually kill him? Because he's going to be trying to put his body back together, but he's mm-hmm. not in the moonlight necessarily. And you don't really see him at the end anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Did they kill him? Did that one actually make it to an actual death? But I, I yeah, no, that that was a that was very genius in how they they went through that. But also, and I love this because I can't do it, but the coin, <laughs> when he flips the coin through his mm-hmm. fingers and he's like, Oh, would you look at that? And like he became one of them so that he could stop them. And I was like, that was genius that he's willing to to put it all on the line for that. And then kind of have to walk away from it. 
like he's like oh this really couldn't be a bad thing could it because i could just live forever and not die like nobody could kill me yeah i like so, what was what was some of your favorite parts or favorite scene that you um i would say the majority of mine are probably involve jack and will together like i think that their dynamic is really fun um at the end where he's saving him um from the noose and they're kind of working together it's just very well choreographed um but honestly some of the stuff that captain jack says like um when he'd gotten hit over hitting over the head and he's trying to think of the word parlay he's like <laughs> pop pop paw snip paw sleep like he's almost there but seeing some of the way that he he works out those scenes as an actor and again it kind of goes back to what jordan was saying like it's never a johnny depp film it's a the character because he becomes the character um and captain jack has always been one of my favorites micah do you have any favorite scenes i so i was gonna say that the, what you just said about at the end of the movie when Will saves him from the noose, mm-hmm. and he's just he's just like move, and he like yeah. he throws he throws the sword through the thing, and it's just enough so Jack can like stand on it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and it and it it allows them to change their mind at the end and let him go free. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I didn't pick that scene, I I think that I would pick probably when he's on the island alone with Elizabeth, and then she <laughs> she she starts to try. Yeah, she gets she starts this giant fire and she's like he's like, Why is the rum always gone? And he's like, Why the rum? And then like he's like Elizabeth's like, you know, the entire British Navy's out looking for me. Mm-hmm. And then like he he he's walking to the other side of the island because he's pissed at her about mm-hmm. burning all the rum. And the first line out of his mouth is like, She'll never let me hear the end of this. <laughs> because oh, there'll be no living with her after that. Yeah, and so because the, the British Navy's, you know, uh, right behind her, or right behind her on the other side of the island. Um, well, even too, a- like, for the he had gotten so frustrated that he was going to give up his one bullet because mm. he was so angry. He was like, he was fumbling with the gun to try to figure out if he if he wanted to do that or not, um, just because he was so mad at her. Uh, but yeah, even just- and too, like some of the things that he says, like, um, how did you get off the island? Um, he, you know, made made rope and tied it on a sea turtle, and they're like, "Where where'd you get the rope?" He goes, "Hair from my back." <laughs> 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 there's uh, there's also a line that um, there's a lot of lines that I, that Norrington says that I really enjoy, um, specifically when they catch I think catch Jack I think it's when they catch him the first time. And he's like quiet as a, not like a church mouse or something. You know what I'm talking about, Alicia? He's, he's talking about how he's. Um, silent as the grave. Is that what he's Yes. Saying? He's like silent as the grave is, is, is what I want you to be or something like that. And yeah, um, they, uh, there's a lot of good Norrington lines in there too. And he just plays a good character. Like he's. He's, he's always good... so composed. Yes. Which is such a far cry from what we see in the next (laughs) movie from him. Like he's just completely off the deep end, which I'm sure we'll address when we get there. But yeah, he's very much put together, like very proper and the very English gentleman. And Or that is without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever seen. Right. But you have heard of me. Yeah. And so, (laughs) yeah, I, 
I would probably go with that. The whole rum scene where they're on the island, they get they get really drunk, and then they wake up the next morning, and Elizabeth's burning <laughs> everything on the island to try to get the navy to come see her or rescue her. Um, and then they do, and Jack's like, "We'll never hear the end of this." So, yeah, I uh, can't get enough of. Well, I can't get over also the fact that Jordan reminded me that this movie is twenty years old. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, this this is a movie that I feel like just came out not long ago. We were all in a Pirates of the Caribbean craze, and nope, it's been a while. Well, it certainly doesn't feel like it. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both. Because we did Back to the Future, and those came out in the 80s. That is true. I mean, other thoughts, Jordan, you have on, on Pirates? No, I think... I think we've kind of hit it. It's, you know, overall, I think this is a film that stands the test of time. It's got great music, got great character development. Um, it's, it's scary enough with the, when you're not expecting them to all be dead, um, like living dead zombie kind of skeletal people, but mm-hmm. like it just, this, this film, it's just kind of got a little bit of everything. So not, we can go into the ranking or the rating of the movie in a minute, but like, of the original three, is this the best one? Do you think this is the best of the three? No. Which one's your favorite? Well, we'll get there when we get there. All right. No, I wanted to know <laughs> which, which one's your favorite. I think at I love. I love the second one. I love at World's End. Okay. And that's partially because it just it culminates all the stories and finishes it out, and then you see the end of certain characters. You see the end of storylines. And they could easily have wrapped it up there. I mean, they didn't, but you know, you don't have to go any further than at world's end. And I think that it, it, it did exactly what it needed to do. Is it weird for me to say that I think I like at world's end best, but if I had to pick one of the three to throw one and watch, I'd always pick the first one. No, I think, I think that's coming down to, you want to pay attention to three because you really enjoy three but one is so iconic that you could just listen and not worry because you you, it's kind of a comfort film Mm -hmm. that's fair yeah so that that's what i would say so i think at world's end is probably my favorite although i will say that if we get to the once we get to the point of watching the third one and doing the podcast on it i reserve the right to change my mind okay that's fair i think my streak of number the second movies and trilogies continues because i love the second one i i just which Davey is funny Jones. i hated the second one <laughs> for the longest time i hated the second one but part of that is because we saw it at, at the drive-in and it's a dark film like it, it's it's like visually darker so i i just i like what they do with jack and you know the whole face paint thing and Sajar dirt. Yeah, and the the best thing is he improvised that. That was completely Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. So, I'm but totally we'll get to that surprised. story. We'll we'll get to that story when we hit Dead Man's Chest. So let's rank this movie real quick before we wrap it up. Scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Nice. I'm gonna say nine. I, th- I think I would round it up to the nine. Eight point seven five. <laughs> to split the difference. I think that like 
you know, as we just mentioned, this movie being 20 years old and me just watching it again today, it's still good. It's mm-hmm. still oh, yeah. got a, it still has an amazing cast. It still has an amazing story. And even the effects from 20 years ago were just as good as something that you would put out today. So mm-hmm. yeah, 8.75. Jordan, if you push me one way or the other, I'd probably hit nine too. So like it's, Same. it's a, it's a solid movie. And it's a solid intro to what we know is that franchise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, with that, we have had a lot of fun talking about Pirates of the Caribbean here. And we will be continuing this franchise throughout the year. We've got it planned. What? We're going to get through World's End at World's End? Is that the plan? Mm-hmm. We will I don't know. Hit... You're the boss. Listen, <laughs> that's the plan. I'm calling it I don't right know. Now. If I'm a Commodore, I outrank both of you right now. So... <laughs> that's that is true (laughs) all right commodore you want to you want to give the the goodbye sure thanks so much for joining us today on nerd talk um we'd love to hear back from you we are on some social media platforms and we also have an email address which jordan will add here shortly um but we'd love to hear from you get some feedback from you if you have any suggestions for episode we would love to hear that from you as well and thanks so much for joining us today all right uh email is nerd talk with jordan halstead at gmail.com and we will catch you next time here on nerd talk